Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. Andy, how are you? How are you doing? How am I? Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm a little bit sad because I'm in a little bit of pain again. But apart from that, I'm pretty good. And Andy has been very accommodating and let me lie outside in the sun for half an hour. So I feel like rejuvenated from the vitamin D exposure. That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Take advantage of the sun. Yeah, because I think uh, in about an hour, it's just about to rain for like the next two days. So there we go. Very likely it's Scotland after all. Yeah. Yeah, like honestly today I was like, I didn't really want it to be any hotter. Like where in my garden, there's no, like there's no wind. So it's Mm. like a little sun trap. And I was like, I'm very happy with this temperature. Apparently it was only 16 degrees. Yeah, if you get yourself in a wee sun trap when it's, there's no wind, oh. it's, it's generally, generally if you were to take the wind out of Scotland, it would actually probably be quite warm. It's the oh, yeah, it would like be, yeah. Wind at all times. Yeah, exactly. Okay, ready for the first question? Oh, there's a pause. Hello? Hello. Oh, right. You pause for a second. Right, okay. I know I've joked about my desire to be obsessed with heart rate variability before, which I, know, which I now know you don't share the same enthusiasm for. But I think it's because I don't truly understand what it is and what the pitfalls are. Surely more data is better and more data is better to control. No, it's not. Like more data isn't better to control because if the data was good, fine. But honestly, even if I could get data on everyone, like the exact amount of everything that you were doing, like it's an over, like it's a complete overkill. How are you meant to live your life if you're obsessing over my fitness pal, how many steps you've taken, how what your energy expenditure was, what your heart rate variability is this morning? Should you be training because your heart rate variability has changed and like are you overtraining? Are you about to get the flu? Like all these, like, no, no, chill the hell out. That's my input. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I think because of technology, we very, we've, we've talked about this um, recently as well. We very rarely go on gut instinct anymore on how you actually feel. Um, and this goes for everything. This goes for training. It goes for nutrition. It goes for business. Like people are like, everybody does seems to do far too much reading far too, rather than just going, do you know what? I actually don't feel that good. So I'm going to take a bit of a day off or I'm, I'm feeling low on energy. I either need to get an early night tonight or I need to eat a little bit more. Um, or, you know, just... Or I just want to eat a little bit more, so I'm going to eat a little bit more. Like, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's... I think it's... I think we are now at a point where people rely far too much on technology. Um, you know, I think we... I think most people will actually get the same, very similarly number of same steps a day. So you actually don't need to track your steps. I'll be honest, I track my steps because I like to have, keep an eye on where I'm at. Um, and it's more just for knowing where I'm at for where, where I am in this relation to the day and clients and stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah but is, I think... Like, I get what you mean. So when I used to track steps when I worked in the hospital, I stopped doing it because it was like, I almost found it a bit depressing. I was like, my life is so bland that I get like essentially like within a hundred steps, the same steps every day. So, and then again, like you're right, like you don't need to track it at that point. And if you're always hitting 1500 calories without really thinking about it, you don't need to be tracking. Like stop, stop with your, my fitness pal streak. Like 
don't get obsessed with those things yeah Uh, and your business example was really good like you can look at all the analytics from like oh what are other businesses doing what have they what have similar businesses done that have got the similar results or blah 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 blah. you're not similar businesses your body isn't the same as someone else's like you have to listen to your body and adapt to what's happening and that like rather than rely on my fitness pal or whatever whatever um there was a quote from tom in the eiq lectures this week which uh, a couple of people shared because it is so good but it's on the last i'm just getting up last slide of the energy balance it says your body is the most accurate food diary you will ever keep love it i say that quite a lot actually and it's so true as well it's um you know yeah, you're, it, and not even food diary but like energy your body is the best energy balance like yeah measurement that you will ever keep you know it's like it's like when we get clients come and say you know i've been in a deficit but i've not lost weight and the reason we can say that isn't possible is because like if you you know if you're if you haven't lost body fat which we could maybe see that you haven't lost body fat over time you have not been in a deficit like that's that's as simple as it like it is that simple it's not that simple to implement but the basics of it are that simple. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We're we're very much. Uh, we don't have apps to tell us when we're going to get ill. You feel you're going to get ill, so use your body, use your intuition, use gut instinct a lot more. I think it's something that's very underrated nowadays or very underused, um, and it's 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 cheap because it's free. It's you. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Okay, next question. I'm on a 1,500 calorie target at the moment. Two days this week, I've dropped to 1,300 as I felt quite full. I don't know if that's because of the heat this week. I think this is okay as I guess I'm in a bigger deficit and it isn't really a bad thing for fat loss. But do I want to try and hit 1,500 calories-ish generally so I feel like if I plateau at any point, I've got somewhere to go in terms of reducing calories again? Do you want to start? So that was 1,500 calories and what was so it? She's, she's eating 1,500 calories a day. Mm-hmm. A couple of days this week, she's eating 1,300 because she just wasn't that hungry, which is, she's said is, is absolutely right. Like you're going to be in a bit of a de- bigger deficit that week, but it's yeah. not really a problem. But no. should she try and hit 1,500? Because then if she's in, like if she plateaus, she has somewhere to go. Um, with stuff like that, I would say to clients not to force it. Um, if you're getting to 1,300 calories and you you can't eat anymore, don't try and force the other 200 calories in because all you're going to do is you're going to make yourself feel worse. Um, maybe try and space your meals out a little bit better. Maybe try and um, put them, get a bit more sort of volume into your into your meals with some extra veg and stuff. Um, but provided that you're hitting your your protein your protein intake, I would probably suggest that you, you don't stress too much about it. You've still got a little bit of leeway to play with as well. So, yeah. So this, I think, this is a hugely common misconception that if you go lower in calories, you will then have nowhere to go if you plateau. The truth is, if you go lower in calories and create a big deficit, you will reach your fat loss goals quicker. Yep. And and like then you can come out of your deficit. Like there are reasons we don't want you to do that. And the main one is adherence. Also the fact that, you know, if you're on, if you're 
eating 1300 calories a day, you really have to think about what you are eating. So we still want you to get in enough fat. We want you to get in some like fatty fish or some olive oil or things like that. We want you to get in enough fruit and veg. We want you to get in enough protein. Now, if you're on 1300 calories, there doesn't leave much room for like something that you enjoy, which in terms of adherence isn't great. So you need to be much like you need to plan much better if you're going to go on that low calories and actually your food choices are more important than when you're on higher calories and you're like yeah do you know what I will have this bag of crisps because I want it and I can fit it in my calories and I've hit all my other targets as well whereas when you're on 1300 calories that's going to be very hard to do but what won't happen is you won't just you know like plateau quicker or have nowhere to go when you plateau the reason that you might plateau is because you can't adhere to those low calories yeah okay also any tips on what i'm assuming is weak grip slash wrist strength for example on any exercise where i'm holding dumbbells over 14 kilograms my body feels um comfortable doing whatever movement but i find my grip slash forearms weaken really quickly and i want to drop the weight by about the seventh or eighth rep i know what you're going to say andy rest straps hell yes so actually this this client i i replied to this and obviously just said get some wrist straps and she's messaged me today being like they have changed she's like i love them she's like "I, i just can't explain how much i love them but they do like i remember you i don't know why i was really against wrist straps i think it was i think it's like a sporting background, I didn't really use them, and I don't know. Yeah, well, certainly with like different with different sports, like for instance, rowing, you need to work on your grip because obviously you're mm. gripping you're gripping the oar. Um, but also, I think there's there's the common misconception that things like anything like a belt or wrist straps or anything like that is kind of like oh, it's it's cheating. Well, yeah, it's cheating if you it's 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 cheating if you're using them to like if you're in fact to be fair it's not cheating it's not like you're you're if i've never ever heard anybody go oh my god you've got a, you've got an amazing you've got amazing grip strength or your forearms are so defined like oh, if you're you trying to, i will say like rowers female rowers forearms it's yeah, yeah. a lot um, but if you <laughs> you've got to look at it i always look at it in terms of weak points so um if you are trying to develop a physique and you're trying to build, like for instance you're trying to build a back what is the weak point in the chain generally it's the it's the grip or your wrists that are the problem so if we can take that out and you don't have to worry about that um by adding in a set of wrist straps you know why not you know it's not you know we're not we're not trying to we're not trying to get a stronger grip if it's something like for instance a sport where like for instance rugby where grip is an issue we would probably i would probably for clients that i work with that play rugby i still get them to use wrist straps but there'll be other exercises where we'll work on grip things like heavy holds where you're getting the heaviest dumbbells you can and just gripping for as long as you can just like simple things like that but i think it's that common misconception where in the past you know it's oh it's cheating you can't use wrist strap it's cheating it's, it's not cheating it's it's circumventing circumventing a weakness to um, yeah like someone like, like oh god andy's got such a great back but he uses wrist straps so you know 
yeah doesn't it doesn't count, count. <laughs> um yeah, the the way i like to look at it and what how i was describing this to kimberly was like do you want really strong wrists or do you want great glutes like she was like struggling to like hold things for deadlifts and stuff yeah and it like yeah okay so what what is it you're looking to work on here okay well do you then, do you do you want your bum to look better in a dress or would you prefer to have look better in gloves which one do you prefer yeah. <laughs> who's going to notice which one <laughs> exactly okay i'm just reading through this one empty calories an explanation on how your body utilizes them or rather does not when you consume when you consume them, do they just go straight into your fat stores or do you actually use them for anything? <laughs> um, I don't think, like, I don't get when, when people say empty calories, like if I've ever said that in the past, which I don't think I have, if I have, I've meant it as there aren't much nutrients in it. So someone might say, oh, chocolate bars, empty calories. It's not empty calories. Like yeah. your, your body will still use that and whether it stores it as fat or not is dependent on your energy balance, not the fact that it's chocolate. But is it going to give you like a lot of satiation? Well, I mean, maybe it might be what you, you might just want a little bit of chocolate. Like it might give you that. But as I think people often say this about alcohol. Oh, it's empty calories. Like, yeah, it's not useful to your body. As in like, you're not going to be I'm just going to fuel up for my run on some alcohol calories. Like, even if it didn't have other side effects, but they don't just like automatically store as fat or do anything like that. So it's a bit of a misconception that like, I don't really understand what the myth is exactly. It's, what do people it's, it's, it's that, well, I think everybody thinks that empty calories is the predisposition to be, it's only ever stored as fat. I think yeah. that's, I think a lot of people use that word of empty calories. Obviously, in the last podcast, we talked about Joe Wicks claiming that alcohol is empty calories. It's not empty calories. It's calories. It's simple as that. Like your body's, your body, as you, as you just, exactly as you said, your body's not going to use them to fuel your run. Um, but there's still calories there. It's, it's, I think people sit and think, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're useless. Well, your body can still use them, but it's, probably going to want to use other other nutrients for other things so yeah it's i think i think people you know there are so many terms in the fitness industry that people kind of get confused about that you know because they're a kind of a buzzword and people use them in certain terminologies that people go oh that must mean that there's like there's no value to them when in actual fact um, you know there probably is yeah Okay, next question. Um, what is a good rate of fat loss? Is there a percentage to be expected? I'm telling myself to trust the process. I know it will come off eventually as long as I stick to calories and workouts consistently, right? I don't mind slow and steady. I haven't felt really overweight and I'm, um, I'm a mum of four with a pizza-loving husband. I'm not dreaming of a super lean contest-ready physique here, just better than I am. I'm spending as much time working on my mindset uh, uh, as I know even the most perfect looking bodies can have hang-ups so I know that most of this is my own mindset so I think it's a very long-winded question saying what is a good rate of, of weight loss and and I think 
like that we need to cover that first as well like weight loss as we know does not equate exactly to fat loss and your fat loss can be very easily masked on the scales having said that there's the usual like oh one pound a week because you're in a 500 calorie deficit a day and that's roughly 3,500 calories which is about a pound of fat we also know that there's like nuances to that and that you won't purely you lose fat unfortunately but that's probably like it's a good place to start or some people use um i can't remember now if it's one or two percent of your body weight as a good like marker because i've got one in my head yeah i think i've got one in my head and then that seemed quite low but i guess it's not really like if you're 100 kilograms and you lose a kilogram a week yeah yeah but that I, think, I, mean, I like that for the pure reason that like we know that as you get as you are a smaller person you have less weight to lose so yeah. even if, even if you've still got a lot of fat you have less weight to lose which means that as you know when that person is now 50 kilograms they might expect half half a kilogram a week yeah. and that like i like that as a model yeah. so one percent a week probably quite a good and again you know as we we discuss in in everything again the answer it depends comes in here you know like you're you know you could have two females two females exactly the same weight you know with a very similar lifestyle aren't going to lose the same amount of weight over the course of a week they're not going to be identical no matter if their their calories are identical because there are certain things you know it's like hormone patterns for females especially you know things like you know you might leach water a bit quicker you know one body might get rid of water out the system quicker so it might be more water weight coming out it's never going to be the same and there's never going to be anything uniform about this and that's the sort of the, the you know the thing that you've got to look at is that it's everything everything depends everything's going to be different you know, so don't the, the the mindset thing there is the perfect one. You know, is, is get your head into a thing where you know you're you you're keep you want to keep an eye on things moving, um, but not to get too disheartened if from week to week there's not as big a jump as um, the previous week. So, yeah, agreed. Okay, questions. Uh, oh, extra questions. Okay, one. How do you calculate maintenance long-term kilocalories, kcals, kcals, and uh, protein intake without freaking out if there's weight fluctuations? Oh my God, I've just realized I have very little patience today. (laughs) Um, Always be weight fluctuations. Like there is no getting away from that. If you're sitting at maintenance, if you are sitting exactly at your maintenance, if you worked out somehow your maintenance every day, which by the way will change, purely because you'll move more or less every day. Like you might have higher protein, thermic effective food changes. You might be sitting more, whatever. You cannot calculate that. But let's say you could, your weight will still fluctuate. Yeah. And Andy, exactly. so that the answer to that, the answer to freaking out about weight fluctuations is changing your mindset. And there's two ways of doing that. You either forget weighing yourself. If that's too much for you, forget weighing yourself or you get rational about it. And you yeah. and you weigh yourself like if you need to weigh yourself daily to realize how much you fluctuate, even like even weigh yourself like weigh yourself in the morning, then weigh yourself before you go to bed. Like even if you've stuck to your calories, you will weigh more. 
Of course you will. Yeah. You have a full day's food inside you. Like it's, also, it's also the same. Imagine just going, imagine weighing yourself before and after a poo. Like mm. your weight fluctuates with with things like that. Like you go to the yeah. toilet and you're gonna fluctuate weight. So don't stress about it. You drink a glass of water, your weight's gonna change as well, you know. So it's I think you're right though. It's like it's it's getting away from that mindset of stressing about fluctuations. You know, look at the look at it over the course of like six weeks. You know, see what your weight's on that one rather than daily. I think that's the biggest problem. When I start to get, if I'm like, the last couple of times I've competed towards the end, I will weigh daily just to keep myself on track. But generally, it's weekly. I don't do anything other than weekly, and I always think it's I, I think it's a bad mindset at times to jump on a scale every day especially if you become neurotic about your weight yeah it, but it works so well for some people and actually yeah, oh, there's research that shows if you weigh yourself daily you will do better in your weight loss and it's not because of the number on the scale it's because you're getting up and like this it's basically like the morning routines we do on commit to six like you are getting up and the first thing you do is to do with your like health and fitness goals so you're doing something to better yourself first thing in the morning. When you, wait, when you stand on those scales, it makes you think first thing in the morning, okay, I remember I'm on a diet or I'm trying to lose body fat at the moment. Yeah. And I, like as much as I just went off and went a little bit there, I completely sympathize with weight fluctuations do freak you out. Like that's, it's like inevitable, like to some extent. And I think it does take time and you won't just, you know, you won't just listen to, this podcast and think oh okay scared weight doesn't matter but that's the whole point that's why we go over this time and time again because one time when we say it you're going to be like yeah do you know what this is getting ridiculous like yes I understand this it's not even understanding it's like I have I have like taken these this mindset via osmosis of the podcast into my own mind and then and I'm now manifesting it that's yeah. that's what we want um but i think one of the things that helps is what andy's saying like look at a graph so on my pt hub if you go on on your uh, laptop or like tablet or something it shows a nice graph of your weight and like i i have a note of my weight i weighed myself every day since i've started since andy and i started working together since we started being my coach and it's on my whiteboard actually and it fluctuates like hell like i like quote like i like regress for a whole week where i'm actually upping my weight for the whole week and then i jump down again like it makes no sense it wasn't the week before my period like there is no this is the other thing people always try and figure out why they're weighing more oh it's the week before my period oh it's because i had salty food oh and it's interesting to an extent but sometimes it just like i have no idea why i weighed more that week it could be yeah. a million things. It could be nothing. Like it's accepting that the the thing that kept me going there is not just like Andy being really rational in my ear, but like I am process driven. I kept to my. I still did my steps. I still got in my workouts. Yeah. I still stuck to my like eating regime. Like all these things were the same. So how could I possibly be putting on weight? Like putting on. Sorry, I was putting on weight. How could I be possibly be putting on body fat? And, yeah. and that's what we want. That's why I'm always driving home like your non-essentials, your process goals, knowing that you're hitting these things. There is no way that you won't lose weight. Now, actually, I wanted to touch on this because it came up in the last question and I forgot to mention it. 
um, about, you know, as long as I stick to my calories and my workouts and my steps, like I, I will get results right. And yes, but sometimes we need to amend those. So it might be that it's time to reduce your calories or it might be, and I've done this with a client this week. I am so, so, so sure that she will lose weight on 1500 calories that I've got her, this is a one-to-one client. I've got her to send me pictures of her, everything she eats every day for the, for only for three days. And this is day two. And she messaged me saying, yeah, I've been a lot stricter this week. I think um, maybe you knew this, but I think maybe I've been a little bit lax on my tracking. I was like, yeah, of course I knew that. I've been doing this for yeah. years. Like that's exactly what I knew. That's why I got you to do it. But little things like that can make a big difference. Like, like yeah, no, I'm eating the same stuff, but portion sizes have creeped up. You're not tracking anymore. You're maybe just being like, you know, using like the breakfast tab that you made before, but now you're not weighing your oats and like, it's not as so. Yeah. yeah having a bit of a week where you're like, okay, I'm going to take pictures of all my food or I'm going to do like, do something to really make me accountable. Yeah. Um, okay. So that didn't answer the question, which was how to calculate my long-term maintenance calories and protein intake. It's one of those ones that you, as you said, you can't really program it long-term because you're going to have to keep manipulating it as it goes. So, um, I would generally look at protein intake. You can always generally, you can get to a sort of a roundabout number. Um, and I usually go for sort of like one gram per pound body weight um, to get to where I need for thinking about where I need to be for clients protein. Um, but yeah, it's that, that will be manipulated as well. The goal dependent, um, you know, whether or not they're, you know, they're feeling um, satiated by their diet, might need to put the protein up to give them a bit more satiation. Um, or satiety levels so yeah it's um it's again it's a very fluid it's a very fluid thing and it will constantly change okay uh what else did i want to add something yeah so i think with maintenance like how, what we would do from dieting calories is i probably start by adding on 10 percent, which will probably mean you're still in a little bit of a deficit and then from there i just slowly increase till we till we reach maintenance um and as Andy's saying, that will that will vary. Like, let's say you used to do 20,000 steps a day because you walked on your commute and now you've got a job where you drive and you only hit 10,000 steps a day. Like, you'll have to amend that. Like, and, and that's life. That's that's normal. And, and the whole point of doing Commit 6 and working with us is that we give you those skills and that knowledge so that you can do that. Or if you're staying with us and you're hashtag committed, then we do that for you and we help you do that for you. And with protein intake, like, I think one gram per pound is a pretty good starting point i think most of my clients are a bit below that um yeah. which is fine as well i i think but i mean ideally if you want to build muscle like that would probably be a, a pretty good marker to go on and then it's exactly the same as fat loss in that we monitor and we adapt as needed and the extent to which you monitor and adapt can vary so it could be that you monitor and adapt by oh my clothes are feeling a little bit tight I think I'm gonna rein it in for a couple of weeks or I'm, I'm gonna you know only have two gins instead of five on a weekend or whatever it is so it doesn't have to be that you're oh I need to monitor and adapt that means I need all of the data still 
it can just be that you notice things and and that's much more natural like that's kind of how like apart from my excessive weight gain recently with my back like that's how I lived doing maintenance like oh I feel fine like okay well maybe one lose a bit like tighten it up for a couple of weeks and you're back to where you want it to be like I don't think I was ever more than a couple of weeks out of shape mm. apart from apart from this slight blip okay question two how do you cope with a partner or family member who while supports your fitness goals also constantly suggests unhealthy foods and gets sulky when you yet again oh that doesn't make sense um when you go into the garage without uh instead of watching tv for them blah 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 sorry i don't mean blah 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 this is boring i just mean i'm i'm just skipping through to the actual question part um i've done many programs over the years mainly hit workout programs and running distance challenges but never achieved the significant results in toning up like i have with this program thank you oh what yeah commit to six Woo! oh by the way not even mentioned commit to six intake is open boom for the 20th of july which is a very exciting we already have like um almost half of the space is gone so that is exciting we've got yeah it's been and i I feel like we've not really launched it like it always tends to be the the second week that people try and sign up but i will shut commit to six like it's my baby i don't want to overrun with people and like we will take on a certain number of people and not anymore so yeah if you want to get in get in now it's at esgfitness.co.uk right next okay right what was the question okay basically how do you deal with a family member or partner who i totally get this because they do support your goals they're like i'm so glad you're feeling fit i'm so glad you're doing this and this but i still want you to sit and watch tv and like eat cake with me tell them to put up or shut up um (laughs) But honestly, it's it's one of these. I it's something. It's I don't know if you've had it before. It's that thing of that sort of negative positivity. Oh, you've done so well. You look so good, but don't go too far. Mm. Fuck off. Like I'll go as far as I want to go, and if I want a bit leaner, I'll get leaner. Um, nah, it's I'm very lucky. I've got a very supportive fiance who um, winds me up every day because at the moment I'm trying to put a bit of size on just now because it's lockdown and that's what I'm telling myself um, but you know she's very supportive oh yeah that did I not say that's what I was doing I was bulking bulking yeah, yeah, bulking, yeah I was bulking I was just deciding like I just wanted to see if I could bulk without actually training or walking yeah. anywhere I just thought that would probably be the best way to put on muscle yeah, and the the fact that all the cookies were so were then reaching distance from lying yeah. on your back on the floor, it's just it's just just happened. Coincidence, uh, absolute coincidence. I I I would probably I would deal with this how I deal with everything. I would deal with it head on. I would just turn around and and I would speak to your partner and just say to them, "Look, I love you to bits, but you need to be more supportive of this. You're being very supportive, but can you let's." and just lay it out for them. Um, I have always been a black and white character. Like there are, for me, the only gray areas are the ones that people create. And I'm very much about if there is a problem, it's the same with clients. Like, uh, you know, if we, if there's something that needs to be discussed, it's discussed. It's not, so it, um, 
pussyfooted around. Uh, it'll be dealt with head on. Um, some people don't like it. Some people prefer to have it that way. And that's the way I've always dealt with life is I prefer to, if, there's some, if I'm doing something, someone needs to tell me. And I expect that, but I also do it the other way. So um, I would probably have a, sit down and have a chat with them and just say, look. One of the things I love about you. Yeah, I am. It's the, I'm, the, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the on, I'm an honest asshole. I'd rather be known as an honest asshole than a lying nice guy. It's yeah, just... and it's also refreshing because it's like, I hate weird tension when you know that like the other person wants to say something or you want to say something or you think that they know something or you know, I just hate it. I'd rather it just be like... Because you know there's something wrong, don't yeah. you? There's something that you're and not as saying. As soon as you say, <laughs> all that weird like anxiety and tension goes away. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where it's like ripping the bandaid off, like the, the plaster off. It's going to smart for a wee second, but if it's out in the open, you can deal with it. Like, you know, it's as simple as that. It's always very, you know, forms it's just, and then it, it just blows off in the wind. How majestic. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so Chloe had some really good things to say about this. Firstly, I think she's so lucky because she's like, you know, James does the opposite. She like he if she's like, Oh, I really want some cake, he's like, Shut up. Like, do you want abs or do you want cake? Like just so like <laughs> like as in so pushy. Which which I think is obviously really useful. But then and I think most parents like this, like my dad's like language of love or care is oh i'll make you a nice meal when, when it, and then like you can't say no and then i'm like oh no i just have this size portion oh sure you don't want some more what about some more? are you sure you don't want some more and then it's like he just brings it over anyway like it's but the thing is it always turns into an argument because i'll say no politely like three times and then i'm like dad i don't want any food like i've had enough and and anyway that's my my own but but Chloe was like, my parents used to do that. And I just turned around and I said, like, I know you're trying to be supportive and caring, but what you can do to support and care for me now is like, help me stick to this diet because I've got a photo shoot in two weeks or something. Like, this is what I need to do at the moment. And I want your support and I appreciate your support, but this is how you can support me. And I think she's totally right. Cause I think some people, sometimes it's, it's like miscommunication of, they want to be supportive and loving and caring. And usually that's like, oh, I'll bring you a nice cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit. But actually, at the moment, yeah. it's like, I'll bring you a black coffee with no milk. Get your arts out in the rain and get your steps done. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's go out together in the rain. Look, I'm locking you out of the house until you've done your steps. <laughs> Stand at the window, give them the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. Now I realize from listening to your podcast that your body can only use 20 to 25 grams of protein at a time. Didn't say that. Definitely didn't say that. <laughs> um, but she does get the second part, right? So, and thus inducing protein synthesis, which can only occur hours apart. So does the same rule apply with other macros? For example, for optimal health, would you actually be required to eat a certain amount of fats, carbs, for it to be quote unquote used by the body instead of stored as such. I appreciate it's calories in calories out um, for fat loss, but wondered if there was a better way of timing and using macronutrients around lifestyle and training. Oh, interesting question. So 
to start with like you're, it's not that your body can't use any more protein than that like i'm sure every meal of andy's has more than 20 grams of protein in and like most of my meals do as well it's not that your body can't use it it's just that the muscle protein synthesis response from that protein saturates at around 20 to 25 grams now that's not even like the full picture so if andy had just gone and done i'm saying andy because he's got a lot of muscle mass and at the moment i just don't so if andy had just gone and done like a full body hypertrophy workout his muscle protein synthesis response would probably be saturated at more like 40 grams of protein so it's not like it, it can vary depending on and it will also depend to a lesser extent on how much muscle you have which we don't really look into because it's just too hard to calculate for every single person and it doesn't matter enough to look into that so anyway that there, there isn't it's not that isn't a set rule but you've kind of got half of it right so the next part that so about the optimal health i mean in a in if you're looking at like throughout a day not massively there are certain like the first thing that comes to my mind about certain macronutrients is like you might not want to get all your really rich antioxidant foods in straight after your workout only because um the like it can reduce some of the adaptations that you want to training yeah. but apart from that and like obviously you want to get your protein in around your workout but it doesn't hugely matter now if you were looking at like a broader scheme like do i want to eat all of my fruit and veg on monday no you would want to split it up through the week or do i want to get like all of my healthy fats in on a tuesday no like it's good to break these things up it's good to have like some of each of these things every day but there is absolutely no need to think further into that I think the only the only thing I would say with that one is is like the performance side of stuff for you to to obviously fuel your training. You might want to, you know, look at t- t- potentially timing carbs carbohydrates a little bit better. Um, you know, splitting having some carbohydrates before training. If you're going to have like a, for instance, if you're having a a, a full body session you know so that your body's fueled but that's more for performance it's not really health related um you know so and as you say you know you're looking at the minutia again you know it's something that may or may not have an effect and if it is it will be minimal so is it really something that you need to sort of to to put a lot of thinking into probably not yep agreed and sort of leading on from that is how does fasting impact Oh, Andy looks in pain. Did you did you hear that clunk? A little bit, but I thought you'd maybe dropped something. Oh, that was my hip popping. Oh God. That's... Yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> okay. Well. Um, how does being fasted impact muscle protein synthesis, muscle pro- slash muscle protein breakdown? So obviously while you're fasted, you're more likely to be in a muscle protein breakdown state. Um and that's it. That's kind of it. And so when people are like, oh, can I build muscle while fasting? Yeah, you can. But is it like, is it optimal? Absolutely not. So yeah, I wouldn't like, I normally fast until lunchtime. But if I was like, I want to compete in bodybuilding or I have a goal of building a lot of muscle, I wouldn't be doing that. Absolutely not. No, um, I think. Um, 
it's again the fasted training thing's a very bro thing, isn't it? It's that you know, fasted cardio in the morning because I'm going to burn more fat. Well, you're not really. And also, the other thing I laugh at as well is I'm doing fasted training, but I'm taking in like 50 grams of BCAs. Well, it's not fasted, then, is it? You yeah. Fucking... But you know, the f- I'll, I I'm the same as you. I'll fast until I probably about lunchtime, mainly because it fits into my lifestyle. Um, I'm busier in the mornings with clients, so I don't have to worry about eating until lunchtime. Um, and also, like if I I like to do sort of get my steps in, in the morning. I don't like to be full and having a lot of food in my stomach when I'm doing like a heavy amount of steps. So you know, but definitely, yeah. The if you are training fast and you're trying to build muscle. You're 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 all, you're probably looking at it from the wrong the wrong end. You need to be you need to be having sort of fuel around your training to be able to help build that muscle and to sort of make protein synthesis occur. Exactly. Okay. Do meat calories change as the meat is cooked? For example, I see calories per hundred grams on chicken breast packages, then grilled weight of the chicken decreases. Should I weigh cooked or raw then? So yeah, we'll, we go over this a lot, right? One of again, the most common questions. Again, really, really stuff that um, is tiny to think about and doesn't really matter too much. However, if you were to look deeper into it, if you cook a steak, the steak's weight's going to decrease because you're losing fat out of it. You're losing potential water weight and stuff as well, so it's obviously going to be less. You know when you but, buy like cheap chicken breast and you're like, oh, that's nice like it looks nice and then you cook it and it's like half the it's, size it's white foam all around it <gasps> yeah, what's the white foam white foam is salt water so they, they pump salt water in it to preserve it a bit better um and so, make it look bigger and mean that you have to pay more for it because it's heavier puff it up it's like the same what they do with a lot of fruit as well like they'll dye they'll spray fruit to make it look better so like you know, a, a beautiful green Granny Smith apple looks better than that sort of withered, shitty-looking one, and you'll take the, the the pretty green one rather than the crappy sort of sort of half-arsed-looking thing. Um, it's it's all about sale. It's all about um, it's about making it look pretty to the eye. Um, but Instagram yeah, filters. but that's that's one of the reasons that for certainly for things like meats. Um, Actually, you know, Aldi are fantastic. The, the, the meat that I get, that you get from Aldi, like things like chicken breasts, you know, if you were to think about it, there's still a lot of food snobbery. So people are like, oh, yes, I just buy from Marks and Spencers. Well, good luck remortgaging every week to get your <laughs> date food shop. Yeah. But, you know, um, Especially with like, like what I find with like basic stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything under a pound in there. Mentally. Think place, there's there are um so one of my clients was in quality control of like fruit and vegetables and Aldi was it Aldi or Lidl? I think it was Aldi, Aldi um Waitrose and Morrison's all get from the same all get their vegetables from the same suppliers. Well, well, well. Because of the name. And so But it's it's, all marketing. It's like when people ask us, Oh, like which protein powder is the best? Like, for all intents and purposes, like, they are the same. Yeah, genuinely go for the cheapest one. Yeah, like, whey, whey protein? Cool. Yeah. 
That's it. It's you know, it's the same thing. Like you know, remember they had that thing with it with creatine, where it was like, yeah, crealkaline creatine. Yeah, crealkaline creatine. Like it's the best, but it's also forty quid. Yeah, no, there was uh, another one as well, wasn't there? So you had crealkaline creatine was the stuff that was in capsules that they claimed that you didn't need to like to um, sit to load up on first, which you can do that with monohydrate. Yeah. You don't need to load up on it. The other stuff that was horrific, tasted horrific, was creatine ethyl ester, which was... That was it, yeah. Genuinely salt. It was salt water. Mm. Like, you could put it, like, if you were to put, put a scoop into orange juice, it was like drinking salty orange juice. It was it, literally gagging in every time. Go for creatine monohydrate. It's the same, like, you know, protein supplements, I think, um, you know... Home bargains are probably my always my. You my should be like, Andy's like home bargains analogy. Home bargains, home honestly, home bargain like home bargains at the moment they they have like two. I did just like, go in and I and I bought a load of protein bars because they're like you'd be paying like a couple of quid for them and they're like seventy p. Yeah, the maxi muscle ones are generally pretty good. They're sixty nine p rather than two pound fifty. Full fill ones are forty nine pence rather than two pound fifty. You know, rather than that, then going on to you know, you go up to you go to the, like the local ASDA and you're paying five times the amount. Mm. So, and also as you say, protein, you know, it doesn't make a difference. But things like meat, I would always rather go and buy from like a local butcher. One, you're supporting like the local business. Two he can tell you exactly where that meat's come from. So he'll be able to tell you the market and the farm that it's come through. Um, and I would much prefer to know where my, my meat comes from. So that's... Yeah, I like that. Don't remember what the question was, but yeah. Yeah, about the, the, about the calories of cooked and, cooked and uncooked uh, meat. Yes. Oh, I would I would always take the, the calories prior to cooking it. That's just it's you know you may as well go whatever you do do it consistently you know i'm pretty sure on my fitness pal it has like options of like cooked chicken breast or raw chicken breast cool whatever you've got put that in like it's that simple yeah yeah um there's one question here that i'm going to flag up for shona because she is doing um her pre and postnatal there's also a question on stretching routines um do we recommend doing them we've covered this quite a lot so make sure you are keeping up with the podcast um if you want a bit of a stretching routine go back to the live in the group from shona do the yoga routine half hour of yoga boom there you go uh okay so i think we're done awesome yeah good work good work us